Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. Praise God. It's good to see you people. You're a beautiful looking crowd this morning. And if I, this is called Running with Giants. And if I've ever seen a up-and-coming army of giants, I'm looking at it now. What you declare and decree, and I actually went back and, and pulled this scripture up. This has nothing to do with my sermon, but uh, this is where we are. In the book of Job, the 22nd chapter, verse 28, you shall also decide. So you're going to decide this morning. And decree a thing. You shall decree a thing. What's in your life this morning that you need handled with God? What's in your life this morning that you need broken off of you? Well, here's your opportunity. He's telling you, decree a thing and it shall be established to you. Excuse me, for you. He's going to do it for you. Decree a thing. Now, I can, I'm looking at your faces as I'm reading this and I can see in your eyes, all of you have something that you want to decree. All of you have something that you want to declare before God today that this stops today. And the light of God's favor shall shine on your ways. I'm going to read that again. And the light of God's favor will shine upon your ways. When? Say that louder, sister. Today, today you're going to declare, decree a thing. Today, it will be established for you. But you have to decide. It's up to you. You can walk out those doors today free. You can, I didn't see no gloves go up. You can walk out that door today free. We're celebrating. This week was our, the, our country's birthday, celebrating 243 years of liberty and freedom. Thank God we live in the United States of America, where freedom reigns from sea to shining sea, from shore to shore, from mountaintops to valleys below. We're a free people. By the Constitution and by the blood that was shed by the warriors that went before us. But 2,000 years ago, on a place called Calvary, you were set free forever and ever from the bondage of sin and all Satan has to offer. You're a free people. I'm just a tad bit excited. I'm free this morning. And so are you. My giant that I chose for this sermon, I, I picked this three weeks ago. Been working on it ever since. It's, it's been like a, a volcano just churning on the inside of me. The giant that I chose probably wouldn't have been chose by a lot of people, but it was the Roman centurion. How many of you are familiar with the Roman centurion? The Roman centurion was not a Jew. He was not a Hebrew. 
He was not in the family of God. He was not covered by the blood-sworn covenant of the Old Testament. This man knew nothing about spirituality, but he did recognize power. He did recognize authority. If you would for me, please put up Matthew 8, 8. The centurion said, Lord, I'm not worthy. Now, he had already came to Jesus at this point and told him that my servant lies at the point of death. He's paralyzed and he's grievously tormented. Would you heal him? Jesus responds and says, yes, I'll come to your house. Take me to him. We'll take care of this today. The Roman centurion's response. Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak. Here, here is my hammering point. Speak the word only. Cody said it while he was exhorting this morning. Say only what God says. Say only what the Word says. I've got my little group on Wednesday nights down there. They're, they're a fired up bunch of people. They walk around all the time with their fingers. They ride by me on their fork trucks, on their tuggers across the building, holding up five fingers. What does the Word say? No matter what they face from day to day, whether it be at work or whether it be at home or whether it be relationships or whether it be at church or whether it be at Walmart, whether it be at Sonic, what does the Word say? What am I facing today? It doesn't make any difference. What does the Word say? Speak the Word only and my servant shall be healed. I want to read that to you. I didn't give them this, but I'm going to. Read it out of the message translation because it just jumped all over me. The Roman centurion says, oh, no, I don't want to put you to all that trouble. And he's telling Jesus, there's no need for you to trouble yourself and travel that far and wear out the sandals on your shoes and get dust all over you. There's no need for that. Just give the order. Wow. Just give the order. And my servant will be fine. Did you get that? Just give the order. I am a man who takes orders and gives orders. I tell one soldier to go and he goes and to another come and he comes. To my slave do this and he does it. Taken aback by it. This is the only time in scriptures that I've seen Jesus kind of rocked a little bit. In the message translation, it says he's rocked a little bit. He says he's taken aback by it. I've yet to come across this kind of simple trust in Israel. Now, he's talking to his boys. He's talking to the 12. And everybody else is standing around listening. The household of Israel. The people that should know who Jesus is. And how he operates. And Jesus says, I've yet to come across this kind of simple trust in Israel. The very people who are supposed to know all about God and how he works. 
This man is the vanguard. Remember that word? This man is the vanguard of many outsiders who will soon be coming from all directions, streaming from the east and pouring in from the west, sitting down at God's kingdom's banquet alongside Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Then those who grew up in the faith but had no faith will find themselves out in the cold, outsiders to grace and wondering what happened. Then Jesus turned to the captain and said, Go what you believed. Now listen, people. Go what you believed could happen has happened. What you believed could happen has happened. At that moment, his servant became well. What'd you decree this morning? What did you speak from your mouth while I ask? What did you decree? You can't do it with a thought. This Roman centurion didn't stand afar off watching Jesus do all these miracles. That's how he knew who he was. That's how he knew the authority that he carried. That's how he knew he was able to do it. But it took faith to step up and say, you give the order and it's a done deal. Vanguard. Now, I, was, I graduated from Fort Chisel, so you know, I had to look this up. Sorry, fellow Fort Chiselans. Vanguard, a group of people leading the way. Did you hear that? A group of people leading the way in new developments and ideas. That's me. That's me. A, yes, ma'am. A, a group of people leading the way. He's telling this group of people. He's the vanguard of many outsiders who will soon be coming from all directions. That's you ushering in your giants. This man was a giant in his day. Jesus was taken back by him by the words of his mouth. And you will be also. People will look at you in bewilderment and in awe. How do I know this? Because they look at me that way. He's a strange bird, that boy. But you know what? He knows how to touch God. I had a gentleman at work the other night pull up on his little, he works for the UAW. And he cruised up alongside of me and he said, hey. I pulled up beside him and stopped and he said, I, I just heard that you're ministering now. I don't know where you've been. <laughs> it ain't now. It's been a while. But I didn't say that. He said, my brother has been diagnosed with cancer. And it's bad. He's given up. He said, he's given up, but I don't want to give up. And he said, I heard that you know how to pray. And he said, me and my wife go to a church, and he gave me the name of the church. He said, where do you go? And I told him about legacy. He never heard of us because he lives far away from here. 
And then he asked me a question, Pastor, and I just had to snicker, and I walked right on over top of it. He said, you preach King James? <laughs> and I just smiled at him, and he said, I, I thought I'd stop by and ask you if you would pray for my brother. And I said, absolutely. He started to drive off. I reached down and grabbed him by the hand. His eyes got big as a silver dollar. I prayed for him. I mean, that boy got prayed for. I didn't just pray for his brother. I prayed for him. I got done. He was shaking. His eyes had glassed over, teared up. And he looked up at me. I was up on my fork truck, and he's down below me a little bit. And he said, dear God. He said, I'd like to think that I try to be a man of God. But I just got a hold of one right here. You are one. And I just looked at him and smiled. And I said, now you walk in what we just prayed and believe that your brother is already healed. And he drove off. And now every time I, he swings by my area, he doesn't pull over where I'm at. He just looks over and smiles as he goes by. What did I pray? I prayed the word. I spoke the word over that man, over his brother. And I cursed that sickness, and I commanded it to dry up. And I'm expecting. How many of you are expecting your decree to come to pass? How many? Your expectations will carry you to victory. I'm going to say it again. Your expectations will carry you to victory. I woke up this morning and, and this, was, this, this sermon series has been just rolling around like I was telling you, like a, like a, a volcano inside of me. Yesterday was really tough. I couldn't sit still. Me, between me and Samson, we were wearing a path in the floor. I go out to my building been dealing with some yellow jackets. Now, if you don't think you need the armor of God on you, you deal with them. But I kept feeling something on the inside of me. And I know when God's trying to tell me something. I know when he's dealing with me about something. And I, guys, don't ask God this if you ain't serious. God, what is it? Speak to me, your servant hears. And this went on all day long. I know I irritated Rita. She was like, <laughs> she <killed her. laughs> but she knows usually when God is dealing with me about something. So I went up to bed early last night, and, and I was laying there on the bed, and, and I, I kept repeating, Lord, what is it? I have ears to hear. Speak to me. He waited till this morning. When the sun was just cracking over the, 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 the mountaintops and was creasing through our mini blinds, and he wakes me up. Now, why did he do that? Because I let him. I invite him. He has the authority and the ability and, and anything else he wants to do to interrupt my sleep or anything else anytime he wants. I've said that to him, and he takes advantage of it. And he woke me up with these three words. Modify solidify, fortify. 
Now, I'm laying there half asleep with my head on the pillow, and I open one eye, and I'm like, what? Modify, solidify, and fortify. Modify transforms. I got up and looked these up too, guys. Modify transforms from the original condition. Did you get that? Modify transforms from the original condition. Things transform from what you see to what you expect. What you've been speaking comes to fruition. You're modifying your situation. You're looking at yourself in the mirror and you say, I don't like what I see. Well, take heart. It can be modified. That was God. Take heart. It can be modified. Solidify. Now, these are the underpinnings of a giant. You know, when you look in the mirror, you look at yourself in life, you may not see yourself as a spiritual giant, but God is behind the scenes creating in you exactly what he wants. Solidify means to harden or to firm up your faith. I'll put that in parentheses. Isaiah 41, now I really like this because I, in the back of my mind I remembered this scripture and I thought this, this will help you. In Isaiah 41, he says, I'll harden you to difficulties. He's going to solidify you. You know, while I, was, <laughs> while I was fighting these yellow jackets, I'm standing, I don't know, 15 feet away and I'm looking up and, and they're hiding. They're a bunch of cowards. They're hiding behind the lip of the building, behind the sheet metal. But I know how to get them. I went, I went and bought me some stuff that seeps in cracks. But I was standing there after I'd soaked them with it, and one of them came out, and I kid you not, he hit me right there. But he bounced off. And I looked down, and he was squirming around on the ground. I'm like, that'll teach you. He'll harden you to difficulties. So I'm sure that yellow jack was stunned by what I'd already sprayed up there, but when he hit the anointing of God on me, he bounced off. He hardens me. I've been hardened to difficulties. I don't pay him much mind. I refocus, and, and, and instantly in my spirit, what does the Word say? That's what I'm going to say. I have been given dominion and authority over everything on the earth. Do you know that, people? You've been given dominion and authority over all creeping things, all flying things, including yellow jackets. So I speak to them, and my neighbors are calling 911. It's a crazy guy out here talking to his building, I think. Fortify. To make you more difficult to attack. Fortify. I really like that one, guys. 
to make you more difficult to attack. You don't think for a moment that the enemy of your soul is out there looking for an opportunity to attack you? The scripture says the enemy of your soul, the devil, roams about seeking whom he may devour. Whom he may. Does that mean everybody's susceptible? He's looking for a, a weakness, a clinch in your armor. But when you've been fortified by the word, when you've been fortified by the anointing, from, from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, the aura and the power and the anointing of God saturates every portal in your body. Every muscle, every sinew, every part of you reeks the power, the anointing, the presence of God. He walked right on by. He pays you no mind. In fact, it's like that, that story I heard. I think it's Brother Copeland told that this old lady lives in this house and said the demons get up every morning and they get, gather outside of their house, but they keep going. They tell one another, don't go in there. That woman beat your brains out. The enemy knows you. How do I know that? Because a demon actually said so when the seven sons of Sceva said, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, come out. And the demon said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know. But who are you? I want hell to know who I am. Do you hear me? I want hell to know who I am. Reed and I teach the little Wednesday night class, and this past Wednesday, one of the ladies got up and and she was talking to Rita, and I overheard what she was saying. She looked over at me as she said it. She said, I didn't know any of this before you guys. I didn't know any of what you talk about before you guys. I didn't know how to be a giant. I didn't know how to speak the word. I didn't know I could. I didn't know how to fight, but now I do. Situations with her son, she she. She just she prays over her son every week. I can ask for prayer requests, and her hand will shoot up, pray for my son. Things are getting better. Things are getting better. I don't know whether they are or not, but she's declaring that they are. Things are getting better. I've learned how to fight. That's what Rita and I instill on, in those people at that, at that church, <laughs> at that place of employment that we've converted into a house of God. How's that? We want to teach them how to fight. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The weapons of your warfare are not carnal. They're not fleshly. They're not what you can do in your own self. Cody said it while he was singing it's not in my strength, but the greater one lives in me. The greater one, the one who empowers me to do all things. Through him, I can do all things. That's what I decree over you this morning. Things are getting better. Things are getting better.
Speak the word only. This, was, this is two other things that the Lord gave me this morning. Why speak the word only? For the word of God is quick. This is Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is quick. That, that actually translated means it's alive. And active and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And of the joints and marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. His word is alive. What you're speaking at, when you speak it out of your mouth, you're sending it to do a job. You're sending it to do a job. Here's the other one. So shall my word be. This is Isaiah 55, 11. Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not, say that with me, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Speak the word only. So shall my word be. Your word, God's words in your mouth gets God's results. God's words in your mouth gets God's results. Speak the word only. Say only what he says. Jesus and this centurion was our template our example. Jesus said, I only say what I hear my father say. I only do what I've seen my father do. So if Jesus is our template, our example, our true vanguard, shouldn't we sound like him? Shouldn't we be doing like him? Speak the word only. Speak only what you've heard the word say. There might be some in your eye. I'm looking around. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know for sure. But if your decree this morning was, I don't want to live like this anymore. I want freedom. I'm tired of sin. I'm tired of sickness. I'm tired of disease. I'm tired of my life the way it's going. Then we got the answer for you this morning. There is a man by the name of Jesus who paid a price for you over 2,000 years ago that you could be free from what you're entangled in this morning. The blood of Jesus was shed for you. 
Now, if you want to decree a thing this morning, the most important thing that you could decree is, I want Jesus. I want my life to change. I want to accept him as Lord. And you just that quick, he'll establish it for you. How about that? He's here this morning to set you free, to bring you peace, to bring you to a place with him that your confidence can't be shaken. That's becoming a spiritual giant. Before you leave this place this morning, we're going to give you that opportunity. If there's something on the inside of you that needs to be changed, today's your day. If your heart's been heavy and you're looking for a way out, today's your day. Giants have a different vocabulary as I talked a little bit about this. Giants talk with confidence. They talk with assurance. They talk with boldness. They talk with courageously. When you get to the point that you're constantly in God's presence and you're constantly chasing after Him and you're constantly looking for, to grow bigger and stronger in Him, you'll get like the writer of Psalm 91. Pull it up for me, dear. This is giant talk. Notice the, two, the first two words there are capitalized. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. I don't know about you. I don't know how many times you've read that. But I read it. Every time I read it, shivers run up my back. He who, that's me. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. And I remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty. I'm engulfed. I'm surrounded by the power and the anointing of the Holy One. The Greater One the Mighty One, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace. And no foe can withstand that power. Next verse. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. He's my God on Him. I lean and rely, and in Him I confidently trust. What shall I fear? When I say the Lord is my refuge and my fortress, He's my hiding place. You know, it's a big thing nowadays for people to say, uh, use that terminology, safe space. In this world, I don't know what that is. But in Him, I do. He's my safe place. He's my assurance. He's my confidant. I rely on him. I like what somebody put on Facebook. He said, do you need the Holy Ghost to go to heaven? And somebody replied and said, honey, you need the Holy Ghost to go to Walmart. <laughs> I agree. 
if for no other reason to get your food checked out. Next verse, please. For then, when? I ask myself this question when I read that. For then, when? For then, when you've made God your refuge and your fortress, your hiding place, your shelter, today. Can be. He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. Guys, if you're living in the secret place of the Most High, under the shadow of the Almighty, you're, He's become your fortress and your high tower, your, your place of strength and power. How's anything going to get to you? Remember Job? How that irritated the devil when God said, Have you considered my servant Job? Of course. But you got a hedge around him. Yep. This is that hedge, guys. The anointing, the power, the, the, the presence of God. That's what makes a fortress and a strong power, a stronghold. Next verse. Then, see, he's, just, he's explaining to you when all this is going to happen. And the first few verses tells you when it's going to happen. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings shall you trust and find refuge. His truth and his faithfulness are a shield and a buckler. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So you're facing a circumstance, you're facing an issue in life, and you fall back on, wait a minute, his truth and his faithfulness are a shield and a buckler to me. The truth about this is, the word says, whatever your situation is. His truth and his faithfulness are, next verse. You shall not be afraid now. You shall not be afraid. You shall not be afraid. Of the terror of night. No, the arrow, the evil plots, and slanders of the wicked. It don't make no difference what they're saying about you. It doesn't make any difference what the doctor's report is. It doesn't make any difference what that bill says that come in the mail. You shall not be afraid of the terror. You know, I, I, years ago, a young man I went to high school with had something called night terrors. I really don't know what that is, but I know it's demonic. It's not of God. It steals his peace. It steals his sleep. But this is saying, you shall not be afraid. Giants say, I'm not afraid. 
You've heard me tell the story about getting on the airplane. I've made this my habit. Any aircraft I get on now, when, when Rita and I step across the threshold of the airplane, I stop at the little crack. I can see down to the ground. Lord, I take possession of this aircraft. It now belongs to the kingdom of God. I'm getting a little ahead of myself on my scripture, but you'll see where this ties in. I take possession of this. As long as I'm on it, no evil shall befall me. No evil shall. I did this the last time I flew down to see my grandson, and I, you know, <laughs> I was sitting in the waiting area, in, in the gate area, and I could see the airplane outside the window, and it was just sitting there. They had it hooked to the gate and all that, and wasn't anybody doing anything to it. It was just sitting there for two hours. So, after when they loaded everybody, they you know we no sooner got set down, and the lady comes on on the loudspeaker and says, "There's going to be a delay. We've got to check something that's wrong with the airplane. Maintenance is on their way." First hour went by. I was sitting in the aisle seat. I could see all the way to the cockpit. They had the doors open. They were doing their thing. Hour and a half went by. People were getting up and leaving, getting off the plane. And I'm sitting there. It was coming up on the two and a quarter hour. And I finally said it. Lord, what is going on? What is going on? And he said, you? And I, I sat back in my seat, and I said, sir? He said, did you take possession of this aircraft? I said, yes, sir. Did you want to fly it with it broken? Yeah, no, sir. I appreciate that. So I zipped my lip. They fixed the aircraft almost three hours. We were on our way. And as we were taking off, the Lord began to deal with me. He said, look around you. I think they said a, a total of 147 people on that aircraft. He said, when you took responsibility for this aircraft, you also took responsibility for the rest of the souls. I sit there and wept. I said, yes, sir. So now I don't take that real lightly. When I step across that threshold, the weight on your shoulders is a little heavier. You're not only protecting yourself and the people that, that you love, you're also protecting the people that you don't even know because you refuse to be afraid or to allow the enemy to bring any kind of evil. Next verse, please. Nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that sudden death that surprise and lay waste at noonday. The enemy likes sudden surprises. Don't give him that opportunity. Next verse. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Jesse Duplantis says he'd been down on several airplanes. 
Some of them, some of them was pretty ugly. But it always set down to where he was safe. Next verse. Only a spectator shall you be yourself inaccessible in the secret place. Inaccessible in the secret place. You yourself. Inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High as you witness the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your refuge. You can go ahead. Because you have made the Lord your refuge and the Most High your dwelling place. See, I like the way it goes back and explains how you got that protection. How you got that shelter over you. When you sit down in your car, and Lord knows if you travel 81, you better do this. Lord, I send my angels. All right, next verse. There shall no evil befall you, nor any plague or calamity come near your tent. This is a decree, okay? No evil is going to befall me. No plagues or calamities coming near my tent. Well, I don't live in a tent, but I live in a structure. So I incorporate, it's not coming near my house. While I'm in my car, that's where I'm at. While I'm in an airplane, that's where I'm at. My dwelling place is where I'm at at the time. No evil is going to befall me. No calamity. Next verse. For he will, this is the one. For he will give his angels a special charge over you to accompany. Now, what does that word mean? They're going with you? They're traveling with you? They are going to accompany and defend and preserve. Boy, you in all your ways of obedience and service. Why would you ever fear? Okay, Gabriel, Michael, Johnny, Wesley, you on that corner of my car, you on that corner, you on that fender, you on that door. Stay there till I get where I'm going. Rita and I have had some really close calls. That we know that the angels of God just happened to brush somebody aside. Cars that wrecked right in front of us, and we witnessed the destruction, but it didn't come near us. I had a car that got broadside into another car on the interstate, and it come tumbling right at us. And all I could say was, Jesus. When I opened, I might not should close my eyes, but when I opened my eyes, that car went like it hit a brick wall, just feet from the road, the lane that we were in. Now, I didn't see what it hit, but it hit something hard. It stuck like an arrow in the ground. Passed by, whew, thank you, Jesus. Angels on their job. He gave his angels a special charge over you. He has assigned them to you. 
You've got to speak that out of your mouth. Speak the word only, what God has said. You've been given an assignment, angel. You have been given me as your assignment, my family as your assignment. Do your job. Didn't the word just say, give the order? Didn't that, didn't that Roman centurion tell Jesus, give the order and my servant will be fine? Give the order. Angels have been given to us. They are our servants. We're the children of the inheritance. So if they've been given to us, they're the armies of, of, of heaven. They're battle ready. Brother Copeland said one time, some, I can tell by looking at you, some of you angels got dust on them because you ain't telling them to do nothing. They're sitting around waiting on you to give a command. Next verse. They shall bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Next verse. You shall tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the serpent shall you trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, here you go, guys, therefore I will deliver him, I will set him on high, because he knows and understands my name, has a personal knowledge of my mercy, my love, my kindness. He trusts and relies on me, knowing I will never forsake him. No, never. Wrap your arms around that. Because you because you have set your love on him, because you have set your affection on him, because you have set your attention on him, because you have set your life to serve him, because you have set your family that me and my house shall serve the Lord. You have, you have declared that he is Lord. Because you have done so, he's going to deliver you and set you on high. You know, the scripture says that he has made us to sit with him in heavenly places. Already. You're already sitting with him in heavenly places. You're already battle equipped. You're already dressed to overcome. He knows and understands my name. That was the last part of this sermon I wanted to touch with. The reason people don't do these things Scripture says, my people are destroyed for a lack of. But because these people have a knowledge, have a personal knowledge, this is personal. You have to decide. It's personal. You have to decide he's God. He's my Lord. He's my deliverer. He's my peace giver. He's my financier. Nothing that the world can throw at me, no weapon formed against me, shall prosper. Why? Because I have set my love upon him. I understand how he operates. He would above all else that I prosper and be in health, even as my soul prospers. Did you hear that? He would above all else 
above all else. He takes great pleasure in the prosperity of His. So He takes great pleasure in you being healthy. He takes great pleasure in you being well. He, he takes great pleasure in you having a nice home and being able to pay the mortgage if you have one. To live in a place of peace. I asked a question the other day. How many, when was the last time you pled the blood of Jesus over anything? When was the last time you walked through your house with a bottle of anointing oil? I just happened to bring one. <laughs> and anoint your doorposts. Anoint your cabinets. Now, why would I do that, Tim? Lord, I thank you that my, cab my storehouses are filled to overflowing. I thank you that my household has all that they need. Our table is filled to overflowing. We have no lack. Because of your goodness, your graciousness, your loving kindness, and your tender mercy, I anoint Rita's checkbook, because I don't have one. <laughs> Lord, I thank you that our storehouses are filled to overflowing. I thank you that we are able to meet our needs and be a blessing and give and sow and touch others' lives. Because of your loving kindness, your tender mercies, because you would above all else that me and my family prosper and be in health even as our souls prosper. The power of declaration and prayer. There's a lady sitting on the second row right here can testify to. She reached out to me sometime back. Her son was wanting to get into a particular field. Dentistry. And they were told, the list is, is going to be near impossible. She reached out to me and she says, Tim, they're saying it's going to be impossible. It's near impossible. He, can, he shouldn't get his hopes up. But she asked me to pray. Me and her, you know the Bible says if any two shall agree. What does the word say? He said, if, if she and I come into agreement as touching one thing, we did. His name's Connor, right? We come into agreement that he'd find favor with man, with the people at that school. Now, God's never late, but sometimes you think he's going to be. It came down to the day of when they were going to make the announcements of who made the cut. I mean, I forget now what she told me. The, the list was really long. And the discouragement, she was texting me, sending me messages and stuff saying, he's getting a little nervous. But on the day that they were making the announcement, he was notified that he made it. Tested your faith, didn't it? But the words of her mouth was, God said. The words of my mouth was, God said. Now you can line yourself up with the others that say, you never know what God's going to do. He may or he may not. 
I need to see that in the Word, please. I need, I need you to show me that. Show me where Jesus, when he walked the earth, somebody comes up and says, Lord, my son, he has epilepsy. Can you help us? Well, I don't know. Are you a tither? The, are you a, a child of, of the kingdom? Are you a son or a daughter? You qualify. Never did he say, make, can you see Peter and make an appointment for two weeks from next Tuesday? I'll see if I can fit you in. He always did. His response was yes. If thou canst heal me, if thou canst, the, the, the leper, if thou can heal me, Jesus said, I will. I will. What are you declaring this morning? What are you decreeing this morning? Whatever it is, his response is, I will. If you're in the house this morning and you don't know Jesus, and you want to know him on a level that we're talking about right now. You want to develop into a giant where your response to everything the devil has to throw at you is, what does the word say? That's mine. Today's your day. Today's your opportunity. If you'd like to know him on this level, if you've never received Jesus as Lord in your life, we want to give you that opportunity right now. If you've never had the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you'd like to, to know Him on that level, today is your day. If you've got sickness or disease in your body and you have declared enough is enough, today is your day. If you'd like to know Jesus as Lord, I want you to slip up your hand right now. If you're in this house and you do not know him as Lord, you've never received Jesus, I want you to slip up your hand. We got a house full, household full of believers. If you're in the house this morning and maybe you've been born again, but your relationship with God has slipped, you're not where you once were but you want to be again. You want the love and the power and the anointing and, and everything we've talked about this morning. You want to walk with your shoulders squared and not a hanging head. Today's your day. If you'd like to be restored to that, to your former self, he says, come and dine. If that's you, you can slip up your hand. I want to go there. I see that hand. If you want to go to the next level, if you want to be a spiritual giant, if you want to be motivated with power and anointing 
and boldness of spirit to speak to people and see their lives changed. I see those hands. Amen. Today's your day. Father, I pray today for this congregation. I pray for every hand that went up and those that didn't. That hunger and thirst and desire to know you on a level that will shatter the chains and bondage that have kept them bound. Today we declare it. Today we decree it. This is a free people. This is an empowered people. Father, we pray. We ask that you touch the hearts and the minds of these people that are here today. If they don't know you, God, if they don't know you as Lord and Savior, Father, we ask that you touch their hearts, you touch their lives right now. Father, melt their hearts. Come in and be their Lord. Come in and be their Savior. Come in and be their healer. Come in and be their deliverer. Come in and be their financier. Come in this day, God, and be the boldness that they so desire. Be their fire that burns. Be their light that exuberates from every pore of their being. Empower this people, God. Empower us like never before. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you, God. And it's through you we are able to speak the word and see results. Speak the word. Speak the word only. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.